Hey, hey guys, it's Dr. Jana here again. Um, welcome to another podcast. Today we're going to be training purity. Um, I am the founder of a local Christ-centered fitness ministry here in San Clemente, California called Revelation Revolution. Um, this is just a ministry, a thing that God inspired um, several years ago, um, but brought to fruition here about three years ago once he called my husband and I to California. So um, I'm a chiropractor and a nutritionist, and um, I've been a fitness instructor since I was 19 years old. And um, once I got saved, the Lord just wrecked me, so none of that stuff really matters um, other than sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So um, the intention of these podcasts and these um, workouts and whatever video teachings I ever make or um, whoever I have the honor of working with, um, the mission that I am on that God has inspired in my heart is to um, inspire, educate, and equip people to get healthy and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So <laughs> these podcast workouts, we do all of the above. So um, each month um, here locally in the classes that I get to teach at CB Cycle Barn in San Clemente, California, um, we do a different theme. We train a, diff a different theme, something that pertains to the character of God's heart. Um, I'm a certified revelation wellness instructor to learn more about that program. That It's an awesome um, 501c3 ministry that raises up instructors to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and we train faith before we train fitness. So um, it's an awesome ministry that I love to promote that changed my life in so many ways, so much more than just the fitness aspect of things. Um, revelationwellness.org. You can learn more about that there. So anyway, we're the local branch here in South Orange County. So um, this month we're going to be training purity and we're following suit with the Revelation Wellness Ministry. They hosted a clean hearting challenge and basically um, that challenge was about what if God cares more about what's in your heart than what's on your plate. Um, we have both the idol of neglect and food obsessing and indulgence and with no regard to our bodies, the temples that God gave us to share the good news with. Um, and the um, other side of the spectrum, the obsession of the body, exalting our bodies as an idol, obsessing over every last thing we put in our mouth and overtraining, overworking and not being able to think about anything but what our body is or isn't doing. So we're trying to bring um, purity to our hearts to um, set people free because freedom is found um, in between rebellion and religion. So will you join me in training purity? We've learned so much this month. I fully enjoyed it. When we started this month, I thought, hmm, this is an odd topic to teach in fitness classes. But lo and behold, God is faithful because he inspired it. And we're gonna open up the scriptures for an entire hour and I'm going to read God's word to you as the Spirit leads. And we're going to learn together. So just take a deep breath. Don't forget to exhale. Whether you're cleaning house and just listening, whether you're moving your body or not, you're going to get a lot out of this. But I encourage you to move. We're going to be doing a endurance workout. We're going to have some sprints. I'm teaching, by the way, from a spin bike at my house. Um, 
I'm fortunate to be able to have one here so that I can do these audio recordings so you don't have to look at me <laughs> and you don't have to be in a studio. You can be at the gym or at a, on a home bike or you could just be walking or hiking or paddleboarding, anywhere where you can press play and plug your earbuds in. So um, most of all, you're here to have fun, to be refreshed in the spirit and just trust that as you feed your spirit, your body will follow. So if weight loss is what you're after, okay, check, the Lord knows. Um, but seek him first, and then just be obedient in what he leads you to do or to quit doing along the way. Amen? So we open this month with Psalm 51.10. And I titled this one, Purity Starts with Humility and Repentance. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Lord, clean us up and then fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit so that we are steadfast and we stand firm on the truth and that we never give up in my own words. We're just warming up, so whether you're on a bike or you're walking, you're just picking up your pace a little bit, you're keeping your resistance low. You feel your heart rate increasing just a little bit. Just breathe. Relax your shoulders, roll them back, pull them down. <sighs> breathe. Let's enter into a little bit of worship. Work that scripture in. The best way to start a workout <laughs> is from a place of humility, from our knees, amen? Cleaning out that which doesn't belong, the impurities. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The following three verses read, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. So if you're listening, a pure heart would be a heart that wants to see sinners come to salvation more than anything else. And when we study this scripture, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me as we humble ourselves and ask the Lord to reveal truth and impurity in us and take it away. That's a humble heart, a repentant heart. God cleans us up and through us, the gospel of God goes forth and sinners are converted. It starts with us. It starts with us. Lord, have your way. Come on, church. Work this in. Work in the truth. Work out whatever doesn't belong. If it doesn't align with God's character, if your thoughts are not holy, if our ambitions are selfish, 
if our eyes are not on Jesus, if we're being a hypocrite, we're teaching the word and then living another way, our heart is not clean. But God, but God, because the truth is, it doesn't matter what capacity of impurity we're talking about. One thing the Lord revealed early this month was that we all battle impurity. So a lot of times we think of sexual impurity when we mention the topic of purity, but there, this goes in so many directions. We've learned so much this month. I'm so excited to share it with you today. So Lord, as we get started, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself in us, that you would dig up the impurities, that you would put us, that we would allow ourselves to be placed in the fiery furnace of adversity and testing so that you might burn off the impurities in our hearts, in our minds, our souls, our lives, the temptations of the flesh, Lord. Bind our flesh, God. Create in us a clean heart and help us to persevere for your kingdom's glory and your sake, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, pick up your pace. Wherever you're at, however you're moving, increase a little speed. Take it from a walk to a jog. Or if you're on the bike, pick that pace up and add a couple turns of resistance. Keep breathing, big exhales. So as we dive into this workout, place that whole armor of God on yourself right now. You pray it on every day. We don't enter into the world. We don't go to bed and we don't wake up without it. Put that belt of truth on because without the belt of truth, you're gonna lose your purity of heart, mind, physically. Come on. Come on, work it in. Let's go. No matter what. So physically, physically, our core is engaged. Your pelvis is tucked slightly under. You're light on your feet. Your shoulders are down and back. You're not afraid to open your chest and open your heart to receive all that God has for you. To walk in a confident posture, knowing that He does make all things new. That there is no condemnation in Christ. We are going to go deep today. We're gonna dig in. Come on. Come on. Hear that beat. Move to it. Run to it. Pedal to it. Come on. Hit, 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 hit. Come on.
pull back a little bit. So you should be starting to feel your body temperature rise. Your breath is getting a little faster. That's good. We're starting to work. Proverbs 15, 26 says, The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. Gracious words are pure in his sight. And the Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, so convicted by sometimes the thoughts I think. Amen? Nothing's kept secret from God, so we might as well just be honest with him. Because we're going to finish today with the good news that says in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Choose purity. It is a choice. It's a choice to use gracious words. It's a choice to repent for the wicked thoughts that we think, the judgments that we cast upon others, the revenge that we try to take into our own hands. We try to take justice into our own hands. We murder people with our thoughts. Come on, work this out. Work it out. Be honest. Be honest. Every time we're tempted or hurt, we have a choice to act or react. Acting would be choosing gracious words over slanderous words, choosing gracious assumptions over <laughs> the worst case scenario. Trust God with your heart. Gracious words are pure in his sight. This song is called Fix My Eyes. Eyes on Jesus. That's how we do that. That's how we train this. That's how we live this out. Eyes on Jesus. Come on. When those negative thoughts come in, when you wake up dreading the day ahead, when you have to face something that's uncomfortable, you have a choice. You can drown in dread and worry and anxiety, or you can ask the Lord to bind your flesh, to give you a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and it looks like this. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It takes self-control to choose gracious words. Come on, come on. Pick up your pace, add some resistance, work it out. Train purity, church. Come on, come on. Inhale, his goodness, his ability, his power. Exhale, exhale the negativity. Exhale the tension, exhale the impurity. It's a new day. 
It's a new day. God's mercies are new every day. 2 Corinthians 7.1 in the New King James Version says, Therefore, having these promises, so the promises of God, that's what this is there for. <laughs> it says, Beloved, you are God's beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The fear of God, fearing God and not man, equals purity. Let me read that again. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, you are his beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. We're letting God purify our flesh, this physical body, the things we look at and listen to, the places we take the Lord, the things we do, the way we dress. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> the way we dress. Are we dressing in a pure way? No one is responsible for the image we give to the world through the way we dress other than us. If we have wandering eyes, or we constantly have cleavage or booty hanging out, I'm just gonna keep it real, okay? We know what we're doing. We know the attention we're attracting. That does not stem from a pure heart. You can have style. You don't have to wear a muumuu. You can wear cute clothes. You can be yourself, you can be you. But let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Where's our heart? What are our real motives? When we're engaging in conversation with other people, are we actually engaging and concerned with their heart and what they're saying? Are we just flapping our lips, really in another place worrying what everybody else is thinking of us or what we look like to everybody else. Fearing God, fearing God is what's going to purify our heart. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Ouch. <laughs> Notice that the scripture opened with, therefore, having these promises, beloved, in other words, I love you so much and I've given you all these promises. I will never leave you or forsake you. You are enough. You are loved. You are beautiful. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I created you. I first loved you. Therefore, our responsibility let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. The person that walks in a pure heart has a true reverence for God, for Jesus, for his sacrifice, for what he did for us. It's not, thanks God, thanks for saving me. Now I'm free to do whatever I want. I'll dress how I want, I'll drink what I want, I'll eat what I want, and I'll do whatever I want. It doesn't work like that. There are consequences. 
Maybe we're not engaging in sexual sin, sexual immorality, but attracting sexual attention from married men or women, or when you're married and still doing it. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. So promoted in this world, and it's disgusting. It's not pure. No condemnation in Christ. Nothing is meant to condemn. It's to convict and to exhort the church to rise up, to rise up. Come on, come on. Don't give up on me now. We've got a ways to go. This is gonna be fun. Purity is also integrity. Hold on, I need a drink. Of water, that is, to be clear. All right, purity equals integrity. We practice what we preach. Keep moving. All right, wherever you're at, you've got low resistance. Hopefully you're not on a hill. If you're on a bike or something stationary, you're moving your feet, you're picking up your pace. If you're cleaning house, maybe you're, you've got fast feet or you're moving your arms a little faster, you're washing the counters a little faster. You're paddling a little faster, pedaling a little faster, whatever. First Timothy 4.12, in the voice. Check this out. This is encouraging. Paul was talking to Timothy and encouraging him in his gifting and his calling. Don't let anyone belittle you because you are young. Instead, show the faithful, young and old, an example of how to live. Set the standard for how to talk, act, love, and be faithful and pure. Paul was saying, hey Timothy, you know what? You're young, but you are anointed and you are called. Don't let anyone belittle you just because you're young. You are equipped, you are called. Now be the example. Be a role model. Be an example to these people. Show the church. Set the standard. Teach them how to talk. Live above reproach. Practice what you preach. Love well. Be faithful and be pure. Come on, what does that mean to you? Is our life a good example? What is our social media? What kind of example are our pictures or our posts? Are we slandering people? Are we acting like a brat? Are we dumping all of our emotions all over social media? Come on. Are we blessed to be a leader, yet we constantly have pictures of us drinking or living contrary to the word?
Come on. We call it train purity because this is where the training begins, when our heart gets pricked or <laughs> we feel conviction. I know I do. We've got to press through. We've got to stay steadfast, right? We don't give up and say, oh, forget this or not me. We all have some sort of impurity. But, <laughs> but God, but God, fear God and he's gonna get us through it, right? We're constantly being sanctified, purified, until the day we get to go meet Jesus. All right, we're still moving. This is a challenging playlist. You've still got low resistance, but you're jogging, you're running. Come on, here we go. Come on, pick it up. back to your race pace. Find that faster pace that you can maintain. You're still breathing. You're not gasping for air. You don't feel like you have to quit five seconds from now. Come on, listen. When we believe in the imminent return of Jesus, knowing that he is coming back for his church, we, in other words, we believe in the rapture, it not only stirs up an urgency in us to share the gospel, but it keeps our priorities straight. We need to keep our priorities straight and it creates purity in our life. So eyes on Jesus equals purity. In Philippians, which is called the epistle of joy, that's the letter that Paul wrote to um, the Philippians from prison, from a prison cell. He was literally in a prison cell and he wrote it to the church, the people at Philippi, and he shared with them the secret to contentment and joy. How many programs and weekend retreats and seminars and supplements and books and teachings and articles and social media posts are there on how to find happiness and joy and contentment. If they don't involve Jesus, they're baloney, first of all. <laughs> first of all, true joy only comes from Jesus. And when we walk in purity, that's the real secret to peace. The Bible said so. So, in Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine, this is what it says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, which means agreeable, pleasing, lovable, and sweet, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is teaching 
the Philippian church to meditate, ponder on, soak in, think about, not just positive affirmations, but to think about and meditate on whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, and whatever is praiseworthy. And he also points out the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. So Paul was an example of all of these things. And he exhorts the church, do this, do it, and you're going to find peace. This is a recover song. Take this time, take this song. Three more minutes and meditate. I'm just going to let you listen to the music. Meditate on what is pure and true. Not what you perceive to be true in your life, but the truth of God's word. Lord, I ask that you would bring scripture and truth and promises to mind right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would cause your church, every listener, to praise and to choose joy and to choose peace right now in Jesus' name. Come on, train that. Let's do some spiritual meditation in the name of Jesus. Come on. Thank him, praise him, recite his word back to him. Come on, church. That's how you establish your peace. That's how you stay pure. That's how you keep your thoughts pure. That's how you keep your eyes on Jesus. What are you thankful for? on all that God has done for you and through you and despite you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bring to mind things that we've forgotten, the ways that you've seen us through in the past, the ways that you have shown off for your son or your daughter, all the times that you prove that you never leave us or forsake us. That's the truth. That's the truth, friend. Meditate on those things.
1 Peter 1, 22 through 25 says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Purity is loving like Jesus. And let me tell you, it's going to take some training. <laughs> I don't know why I have such a Southern accent today. It's okay. Come on. Let's work this in. Work it out. Do you need more to work this truth in? Or do you need more to work out the places where we're failing in this area? Are you holding a grudge? Are you holding on to bitterness, jealousy, resentment? Are you coveting someone else's body or marriage or gifting or blessings? name of Jesus. Stop it. Lord, purify our hearts. Verse 22 said, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, obedience, obedience to the truth. The truth is God's word. Obeying the scriptures, not the ones that feel good, but all of them. All of them are truth. In, in walking in obedience and being willing to hear the word and live the word. None of us are perfect. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all need God's grace every day, all day. But this is where purity of our soul comes from. Obedience. And obedience, <laughs> through the power of the Spirit, allows us to love one another fervently. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to talk a little more about this. I want you to add a turn of resistance or two or get ready to pick it up. When the music hits, we're going to push. We're going to push. Just follow the music. Ready? Come on. Come on. Yes, you can. reminded me as we were just <laughs> pushing it right there that purity equals weight loss it is the loss of selfish ambition it's the loss of grudges and secrets and double-mindedness it's the loss of anxiety and oppression and depression 
even infirmity. It's the loss of rebellion. And let me tell you, that kind of spiritual and emotional weight loss, that results in physical weight loss. It's spirit, soul, then body. Spirit first, obedience to the truth. When you're walking with God and asking him about every decision in your life and every little nook and cranny of your heart, he is faithful. He's the best housekeeper. He's the best daddy. He's the best friend. He's the best workout partner. He's your best business coach. Come on, let him be your trainer. Come on, listen to this. You got something, make the devil gonna run. You got your purity. Because in Christ, we are made pure again, a new creation. Listen, for me to teach on purity is ludicrous because this is the one place, the one thing that was the absolute hardest for me to receive. The characteristic of God, purity about myself, I would cry so hard that I couldn't breathe because of the life that I lived pre-Jesus. I had such a history of sexual sin, sexual immorality, that I thought there's no way that anyone, or especially God, could ever see me as pure again. It didn't make sense to me. It took me years to work this in and to believe it. We're gonna touch on this. You got something make the devil gonna run? You got the Holy Spirit. You got the power to change. You got the power to do the impossible. You've got the King of Kings who defeated death living in you and on your side. He loves you. He doesn't look at your past. We're moving forward. We are steadfast. We are training purity. If you've never received that word about yourself, Today's the day, friend. You are a new creation in Christ. Receive it, work it in. If you've got to keep training, you've got to run long past this podcast, <laughs> keep doing it. Listen over and over again. You are made pure again. Come on. <sighs> Come on, you're pushing. You're pushing. That's right. Woohoo! All right, listen. So regarding 1 Peter 1, 22 through 25 that we were just talking about, loving one another fervently with a pure heart, I want to touch on this. I read a little commentary, and it was so good. Love as we're talking about right here in the scriptures, love is always caring, even, if it, even when it has to confront. It is not devoid of feelings of compassion or tenderness. So when we do have to confront, or when we truly love someone, we talk to them and treat them with compassion and gentleness and kindness, tenderness. We care about their heart 
Love often involves sacrifice on the part of the one extending it. It's a living sacrifice, love is. The highest good for anyone, of course, is that he comes to salvation in Jesus, right? So <laughs> we want his life to, we want that person's life to give glory to God. So we don't affirm and act gushy to people's faces and then we're gossiping behind their back or tearing down their reputation or slandering them. Love is not manipulative and it doesn't try to butter people up. It doesn't have um, selfish motives. We don't try to befriend people or do things for our own advantage. We don't despise people in our heart if we love somebody. Biblical love does not try to use someone for their connection or for personal gain is what I have written down. Love is not for impurity, such as sexual sin of any form. And love is not a camaraderie because of common sinful pursuits, like going out drinking or being party buddies or sleeping together or whatever, however you want to fill in the blank there. You cannot love if you harbor unconfessed sin in your heart. We're all sinners, right? We don't have to be shamed by that. But when the sin arises, the first thought of the sin is not sin. It's acting on the sin or pondering on the sinful thought. Love, fervent love toward other people stems from a clean heart, a pure heart. And it involves hard work. It takes effort. It's not easy, but it is required as a critical part of working out our salvation. So when we say we're training purity, we're working this out. We are physically working this out. When we're starting to be winded and we're sweating and we're dripping and our body's saying no, but our spirit is saying, I'm gonna press on, that's where the training begins. That's where our heart is being purified. That's when the impurities are coming out. Come on. If you're on the bike, increase resistance, power climb. Come on. If you're at the gym, maybe you're stepping off the treadmill, do some lunges or some squats, little resistance. flesh isn't fighting us so much at this point. <sighs> Put your big boy, big girl britches on. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says, Do you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols 
And that could be the idolatry of our bodies or food. Let's not just think about these old-fashioned, you know, bronze or wooden statues and things like that, but the idol of money or career or status or position, our bodies or shopping or whatever these things might be. Friendships. Some people worship friendships and put relationships ahead of their walk with God. So let me continue. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made pure. You were made holy. In other words, set apart. You were made right with God. You were forgiven. You're a child of God. By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Friends, <laughs> we don't get to pick and choose the feely good parts of the Bible. And if we go through that list, we've all been guilty somewhere in some way. But let's, let's focus on the end. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. In other words, made pure. You were made holy. God set you apart and you were made right with God. You were forgiven because you repented. And now you're a child of God, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. We are all accountable to every word of the Bible. It's dangerous to pick and choose verses and not read it all the way through because we're all impure in some way and we all need a savior. Listen. Calling on the name of Jesus is receiving his grace. His grace is sufficient. You're recovering right now. We're not quite done. We've got two more work songs. His grace is sufficient, friend. Nothing's too big for him. Come on, work this out. Train purity. Speed is low. Resistance is low. Receive his grace. Ask him to flood and wash over any of those places that have been convicting today. Come on. a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
So this next one, we're going to continue on one more, one more group of scriptures. First Corinthians 6, 18, actually two more, sorry. Um, and just another word on sexual immorality. And the Lord gave me this before I taught it uh, mid-month this month. Sexual immorality is spiritual autoimmune disease. If you don't know what an autoimmune disease is, it's when your body starts attacking itself. This is the only sin against our own body. So listen, 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his or her own body. Sexual immorality, pornea, also translated as whoredom, fornication, and idolatry, it means a surrendering of sexual purity. It's primarily used of premarital sexual relations. It's a Greek word that we get the English word pornography from, stemming from the concept of the selling off. Sexual immorality is a selling off of our sexual purity, and it involves any type of sexual expression. So we're not just talking intercourse. <laughs> Hear me, any type of sexual expression outside the boundaries of a biblically, biblically defined marriage relationship. So if it's a marriage not ordained by God, and you can read about that in Matthew 19, any sexual expression outside of what God says marriage is, it's sin. Like it or not, we're not really mad at me or the person sharing the scriptures. We're mad, at, we're mad at God. We're wrestling with God on this topic. If we're rolling our eyes at this or denying it or living it, reading it, but not living this. People who persist in unrepentant sexual sin cannot enter into the full presence of God. So hear me. <laughs> I shared with you a little fraction of my story. And for many, many, many years, I was unrepentant, and I rolled my eyes at this and thought it was totally prude and ridiculous to think that adults couldn't have premarital sex or relations. I didn't know. I wasn't raised in a godly home. I didn't know the truth. But when I finally, finally repented for my sin, I received God's forgiveness, and I was able to turn a new leaf and to live a new way and believe that I was pure <laughs> in my 30s, which seemed ridiculous previous to that. So hear me, I'm not speaking to you as a hypocrite, I'm speaking to you as a sinner saved by much grace who really struggled to receive grace in this area. But being an adult or being engaged to be married or being divorced or being sexually experienced it does not excuse any one of us. There are consequences to sin, whether we like it or not. And this is sin against our own body. So sexual sin, like it or not, it really is a spiritual autoimmune disease. When we do acknowledge sexual sin or impurity as sin and we're repentant, we are instantly forgiven and we're made a new creation in Christ. We're pure and we're free. It's over. It's over. 
And I am living proof that God redeems, that he can redeem the unthinkable. All the shame, all of the consequence and infirmity that it caused, and shame and guilt and the vicious cycle of drowning myself in alcohol and drugs and another relationship trying to redeem myself in my own strength. I hated myself. I had so many soul ties and memories and they were eating me alive. And literally, it was presenting itself as physical infirmity. Physical infirmity, physical illness. I was physically ill as a direct result of so many of the ways I was living. Sexual sin was just one of many. <laughs> Hear me. Sinners saved by grace. Like I said in the beginning, ludicrous for me to be teaching on this topic, but just as Paul exhorted Timothy, God has called me, and I'm just right here working it out with you. Sinners saved by grace. But God can stop whatever vicious cycle you're in. Maybe it's not sexual sin. Maybe that's not something you've ever struggled with. But maybe it's obsessing over everything you're putting in your body or obsessing over your weight or trying to be somebody you're not, constantly trying to be somebody else or bound by bitterness, anger, holding a grudge. Nobody's getting more free by you holding on to anger. Trust me, I was poisoning myself for decades, holding on to bitterness and anger and resentments. Purity only comes from the Lord and it's only through God's grace that we know without a doubt that we're forgiven, that we're free, that we're faithful, and that we are pure. Amen? There is power, there's purity, and there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Matthew 5.8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Come on, last push, last push, come on. Come on, train purity, church. Work it in. Yes, come on. Steadfast spirit, come on. Belt of truth, come on, lock it in. Quick rest, quick rest, deep breath. Stay hydrated. That's right. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Come on.
Amen. Thank you, Lord. Meditate on what is true and noble and pure, holy, lovely, just, righteous, of good report, praiseworthy, right? Let me tell you what's true. Blessed, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The person who desires a pure heart, that comes with humility, a repentant and teachable heart, the heart that desires peace, that desires to love fervently, the, li the life that desides, <laughs> desires to live holy and righteous and pure is blessed, blessed beyond anything you can imagine this side of heaven. We're storing up treasures in heaven. It says, for they shall see God. You wanna see God in everything and have childlike faith? Childlike faith is because they have such a pure little heart. Children have a pure heart. They're innocent. They're naive. They haven't been tainted by the world yet. They see God in everything. They see God in their homework and their animals and in other people, in the silliest little things, the daily things. They see him in all of creation. You want to see God on a daily basis in all things? Train purity. Train purity. Who doesn't want to see God? And furthermore, we're going to see God on, our, on the day we're called home. The day either <laughs> if we're called home through the rapture, if Jesus comes back in our generation, we're going to see it, we're going to know it, we're going to recognize it, we're not going to be deceived. <laughs> we're not going to miss it. Or if we're called home to dance with Jesus before the rapture of the church, we're going to see him face to face. And he knows us. He's going to know exactly who you are. He's going to know the account of your entire life, my, my entire life. A pure heart has their eyes on Jesus, knowing that his return obviously is closer today than it was yesterday but it is near. We've got prophetic signs pointing more and more to Jesus' return. And I just challenged my class and myself to wake up every morning and, and say, if, if Jesus came back today, am I ready? Am I a bride excited about walking up the aisle to my bridegroom, to my groom? So whether you're male or female, you're the bride of Christ. The church, us, we are all the bride of Christ. And if you think about a bride on her wedding day, she's overwhelmed with excitement, maybe some anxiety. She takes so much time to prepare for her groom. The hair and the eyelashes and the makeup and the dress and the nails and the undergarments and just everything is thought through and prepared for and it's the best of the best. And 
it's a, the most, for most women, you know, they think of it as the greatest day of their life. They're one of the greatest days of their life. Are we that excited and expectant and anticipating of the return of our bridegroom, Jesus, coming back for us? Or are we anxious? Are we nervous? Are we like, oh, ooh, what would he say? It's a new day to choose gracious words and gracious assumptions. It's a new day to tell the boyfriend, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's a new day to apologize and let go of the grudge you've been holding. It's a new day to just pour your heart out to the Lord and, and say, God, I've let you down. Or maybe something that you didn't know was sin is has been revealed to you and today's the day we can say Lord I didn't know but it's a new day and I'm going to do things different I know I've got my own work cut out for me <laughs> but really the work was done at the cross so all I have to do all you have to do all we have to do is keep our eyes on Jesus Walk in truth. Keep that belt of truth on. Keep your armor on. Repent where repentance is due. Receive grace. Receive his love. Walk in the spirit. Walk by faith. It's going to be all good. Amen. Let's stretch. Cool this down. Wherever you are. Start to stretch in any way that feels good to you. Deep breaths, bring that heart rate back down. Big exhales will bring your heart rate down the fastest. We'll get rid of the acidity in our muscles. It will stop the cramping. We'll relieve the tension. If you take your fingers on each hand and spread them as far apart as they can go and hold that, hold that like a good 10 seconds. Try to make the space between every finger even. You have all kinds of nerve endings in your hands that directly connect to your brain that can relieve anxiety, reset us emotionally, help us have balance. I know that sounds a little odd, but our brain extends to our skin surface over our whole body. So anything we do to affect the end of our nervous system affects our brain which affects our mind and our emotions and our hormones and everything else. So just open your body, whatever that means to you right now. Stretching up, stretching down, stretching over, opening your hands, opening your muscles, lengthening things. <sighs> Big exhale. Thank you guys for working this out with me today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. For more information, you can go to revrevmovement.com, R-E-V-R-E-V-movement.com. That's where any of our videos or podcasts are posted, local events, local class times. If you know anybody in the San Clemente area, please invite them to CB Cycle Barn and look for Revelation Revolution on the schedule. First five classes are free, and what God is doing here is awesome. 
It is awesome. I'm humbled by it. I can't believe I get to do this. And the word of God is going forth most importantly. So um, God bless you and stay tuned until next time.